And uh, proud today, 5 o'clock. Man, I've been teasing this, been excited. It is Curtis Quillen. Chilling with Quillen. Man, I, I always uh, I love it when I hear the, uh, the, the, the oh, man, Chilling with Quillen. Now Did time for Chilling with Quillen oh. on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Aaron dropped it right in there, uh, and I like it. And uh, Curtis, I know, my gosh, you got various broadcasts that you're getting ready for. Uh, how are you today, and have you have you checked out the portal to see if anybody? Uh, I mean, since you last looked, there's a uh, there's another player that's in the portal. But uh, how's the how how are you doing this afternoon? You know, no, no surprises in the portal. I'm, I'm a little, I'm still a little emotional. The Jim Nance, thank you for being my friend, got to me last night because, you know, Jim Nance <laughs> is the, the 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 voice of my favorite sport on the planet. Hello, um, friends. Hello, friends. And, yeah, and when he ended it last night, thank you for being my friend. It got me a little bit. Uh, I'll be I'll be man enough to admit it, but. Uh, other than that, man, uh, no surprises, which is a good thing. All right. Well, I was surprised yesterday. I love how everybody is kind of, uh, you know, when these things happen sometimes, you know how that is in the media. We go, oh, yeah, I've been hearing that. I've been hearing that. I always say, well, why didn't you let us know? Why didn't you let us know if, you, if you'd if you been hearing it for months or whatever? But uh, that, that's, uh, that crier, that's a rare deal for Baylor. For, for a player of that level who just scored 30 in the NCAA tournament, you do not normally see that caliber or type of player enter the portal uh, leaving Baylor. In fact, it, it really hasn't happened. Some people might say Matthew Meyer, but they had already had his replacement. It was sort of worked out and, and agreed with the team. Now, what we don't know is maybe that's the same way with LJ. Maybe behind closed doors over the last couple of weeks after the season, you know, he's been talking and he told them. And, and unfortunately, these things have a way of slipping out and uh, reports came out. I don't think maybe LJ wanted it out there quite as much. But um, I'll tell you, Curtis, that's a that's a that's a tough one for the Bears. And I, everybody, you know, kind of say, oh, there's the portal, there's the portal. But I mean, and maybe they will find somebody really good. But this is not just a dial-up. Oh, we can you can find a great uh, uh, a three-point shooter on every corner. I don't I don't know if I subscribe to that. You know, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with you and uh, and say an and at the end of it. So I agree with you that it is rare for Baylor to lose a player like this to the portal. But it is also becoming increasingly normal for this to happen in college basketball. Sometimes people don't like uh, the fit. Maybe LJ felt like he – and, again, what I'm about to say is entirely speculative, right? So this is not reporting. This is – I don't know what's going on. This is just something that I think might have been part of the conversation. Maybe LJ wants to be a number one option on offense and doesn't feel like that's in the cards of Baylor for reason X or reason Y. Again, entirely speculative. But look at the way that Kevin McCuller wound up at Kansas. He declared for the draft, he maintained his college eligibility, and he went into the portal, all three at the same time. The only thing that was really weird, and I said this last night when I reported it in my 10 o'clock sportscast, the only thing out of the ordinary besides the place is the timing. 
normally it's not five days between doing one and the other. It's, hey, I'm declaring for the draft. I'm maintaining my college eligibility, and all options are on the table, meaning a return is also op- on the table. And so, yeah, that's a huge loss if LJ leaves. But, I mean, you look at what's coming in, and maybe, again, speculating again, maybe they're excited about what they've got coming in. Maybe they think that's a better answer to make another deep run in March. So there's a lot that we don't know yet. Mm. Um but I wasn't as caught off guard by LJ's announcement yes, or by the news about LJ yesterday as some others uh, at least seem to be. Yeah, but not based on what you had been hearing, based on what you're saying, is, what you're seeing in college basketball. Is right. that is that a, fair to say? Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, it's uh, it, it's interesting because he is a tremendous shooter. And and I think that's a hard thing to feel, but there's some great uh, players out there. Isn't it interesting that you immediately start thinking of where he could end up? I mean, I'd hate to see him end up at one of these places in the uh, the Big 12. But, I mean, who's great at landing portal players? Well, Jerome is. Uh, obviously, Grant McCaslin's going to have to hit the ground running and get some players in the portal because there are some players leaving Lubbock, and so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I, this is this conference, everything about it. The, the the last few days, by the way, women's college basketball. Curtis, I don't, I can't remember. I remember some things where UConn got knocked off several years ago by uh, Mississippi State, I think it was. In fact, Schaefer may have been coaching there, and they had a little uh, point guard named Mo. That was a big moment, and and because everybody UConn was not ever used to being beat, they won year after year after year. But what we saw in Caitlin Clark's run, and in those games, the Final Four semifinals, and then the final, Curtis, that was different than any of these one-offs we've kind of seen in recent years. This was this sort of had it all, and quite honestly was more interesting than the men's Final Four. Uh, in, in just my my opinion, you may not have had that experience, but I, I, I think it's rare, and I think it's great for the women's game that we honestly maybe enjoyed the women's game more than the men's Final Four. And part of that is going to be that there's bigger brands in the women's Final Four this year. So that's part of what's great for the sport. Um, you know, if you listen to Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander at CBS talk about it, on the Island College Basketball Podcast, the men's Final Four, they're like, yeah, the TV numbers aren't going to be great. This is good for the sport. But, like, on the grand scheme of things, when you're not getting eyeballs on the on the final weekend of the sport, you're going to have an argument that that's a bad thing for the sport. And that's kind of what we saw with the men's Final Four in this debate as the women's Final Four, just the storylines were there. You had star power on every single one of those teams. You had – great coaching on every single one of those teams you had the national player of the year in the national championship game you had uh, a, a great game an entertaining game a high scoring game yeah the women's final four was electric this year um and that's a great thing for the sport and having you know um having the coaching matchups that you had in that game right like that helps in this that helps with some of these storylines that help with ratings that help with building the game the women's final four could not have gone off better if they had tried i truly don't believe i truly don't believe that it could have 
And I think that that's a wonderful thing for women's college basketball. Yeah, and the Mulkey factor was huge. It's rare that a coach is such an enormous storyline, but that was the case. Um, Curtis, the billboard that she put in Waco, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, – I'm sure you all got footage of that or, or went out there and mm-hmm. took some shots of that. Um, I thought maybe you would do one of your live reports just <laughs> from right out there <laughs> under under the sign. You're, you're a man about town. You like to check in, hear from the people, emailing and all that kind of stuff. What did you, what did you sense was the Baylor fandom, do you think it was – you know, pretty. Uh, there's some people that still happy to see Kim win her fourth title, or do you think it's still so raw? A lot of people were rooting against her. What What did you? And then the billboard, you throw that in. Obviously, that was kind of a. In, in a you know how much I love Kim, but man, that was a, that was an in your face oh, type yeah. deal. And I said that by the way to her when we were eating at the Wing Bucket the other day on Friday, the Friday of the uh, semifinal. I said Kim, I because she was saying the same stuff about, you know, oh, she's got a house there, this and that. Her coaches love Waco. She did that because of how much she loves, still loves Waco and all that. And I'm, I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. You're, you're doing that to stick it to certain people. And, and right. anyway, I, I had that conversation directly with her. So I don't ever try to, like, talk behind her back or anything. But uh, that, I'm just wondering how you sense Baylor people – feel about all of this and especially given the fact that it happened right down the road that added another layer to this oh yeah the fact that it, it happened in dallas i had a, a college basketball source reach out to me and said anyone checked in on mac Rhodes tonight um because th- they were wondering what was happening with him as she won a national championship in dallas an hour and 40 minutes up the road and look the billboard yes the billboard was was petty but sports petty is the best kind of petty i love sports petty but there, it was also, and I think you kind of hinted at this, Kim Mulkey is calculated. She, everything that she does has a purpose. And that billboard served its purpose. There's half of the Baylor fan base that misses her, wants her back, and maybe blames Mac Rhodes for what happened, for her leaving. Then there's half of the fan base that thinks that Kim's a traitor for walking out on everything that she built at Baylor. And I think, you know, one of the things they teach us in journalism school, there's three sides to every story. There's this side, that side, and it's somewhere in the middle is the truth. And the thing that I think people need to remember is for everyone who's blaming the boss or everyone who's blaming the employee is there's a boss and an employee in every boss-employee relationship. There's two people there. And so... One of them gets final say on certain things, and we all have to accept that when we take jobs. I love my news director. He's an amazing leader. I don't agree with everything we do, but I don't have to. I'm a human. There are, and there are some decisions that are out of my control. That said, he and I have a wonderful working relationship, and that's why I've been here at KCEN so, so long. Kim left for whatever reasons – she left for and there are people who were really really sad and really really hurt to see lsu win a national championship so quickly and there were people who were happy for kim that that happened and yeah they wish it would have been their green and gold alma mater but there are two sides to 
this saga. And only, and I will say, only one of them is in front of a microphone every week. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both in front of microphones quite often, quite honestly, the two sides. Yeah, but one's not in a press conference setting answering uh, or, or just blatantly <laughs> turning conversations toward it. Oh, okay. Okay, I was going to say, they both have pretty good access to mics from what I've, what I've uh, been accustomed to. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, I think Mac has one of the safest jobs in the country right now. Right. I mean, he, right. he, got, I he got like that. a 10-year contract extension or whatever, so I think he's fine. I do think this provided, you know, the Scotch national title, uh, the men's national title, and then, of course, football had that great magical season. That provided some cover for the whole fiasco, you know, that, again, I don't care whose fault it was. I mean, it was crazy to see that happen, right? And so, in a way, this this is all feels real fresh because of what she just did. And, yeah. and the fact that basketball ended, you know, too quickly again. Uh, the women obviously were like six in the conference. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors to this, but, um, yeah. but, but the people asking about Mac, Mac's fine. Like Mac, I mean, this just, I don't know if he would say this, but I mean, my gosh, Mac, Mac was ready. She had an opportunity and he, and he was not going to go do flips to make her stay. I mean, right. they, I mean, from what I could tell, she maybe, you know, I mean, she, both sides were sick of each other. It's like a divorce. They needed to kind of move on. I just think it's tough when the one side rebounds that quickly <laughs> in a divorce and goes and, and wins. Point, there's not a guarantee yeah. that if Mac gives Kim everything she asked for, she stays. They, she, they could have rolled out the red card before, and she might have still gone to LSU because of the, Whatever issue she had, and one of the things that was reported, and I don't know how we can confirm this as reporters, but it was reported that there is a lucrative retirement package for state employees in Louisiana when you hit 20 years in the higher education system. Well, she's already done 15 when she left Baylor. This is year 17 that she just finished with a national championship. And so who's to say that no matter what happens, she doesn't leave? But also, on the flip side of it, like you said, they were, I mean, by all accounts, they were kind of growing sick of one another. And so who's to say that she doesn't, who's to say she doesn't stay if they roll out everything? And who's to say that maybe the LSU thing doesn't fall apart? Maybe the LSU thing falls apart at some point and she stays in Waco anyway. Or maybe they roll out the red carpet and she still goes to LSU. You heard what she said about, she heard, you heard what she said about that AD. He stays out of the way. I mean, who says that about their boss? He stays out of the way, and then as, and she as went on to say, "Behind her, too." <laughs> That's right. So anyway, but the, I I made this point yesterday with Bryce. I mean, it just it changed on her, and so it's it's it, both sides. There's probably some blame, but it, to Kim, she had Ian McCall talk about staying out of her way. I mean, part of Kind of what got away from the Baylor Athletic Department, Ian just had a completely different leadership style. And he knew, hey, she's a she's a legend. She may be, you know, she 
wants this and wants that and wants everything, but she wins national titles, I'm, I am going to stay out of her way and let her run things the way she sees fit. That was one style of leadership. Mac was like, uh-uh, we're not doing this. I mean, everybody has to get, I mean, I don't care how much money you make, you all report to me. And, boy, she wasn't used to that. And no. I, you got to – he had the backbone, honestly, to tell her occasionally, like, hey, hey, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to rein this in. And how long had it been since somebody had done that to her? Probably 20-something years that, yeah. that anybody had said something like that to her. So, again, I, I think people – there's arguments to be made either way, but she now has moved on, and she's won another national title. Uh, by the way, tell us, uh, Curtis Quillen – about this Oklahoma State player. We were talking about the portal earlier. And Avery Anderson, the guard from Oklahoma State, a team not known for its shot making, but is known for its defense. And so I assume, if I remember this kid correctly, he's got really, for a guard, long arms, long limbed. I assume he's a pretty good defender because that's kind of what Boynton's known for. Uh, he has gone in the portal. He averaged 11 points a game. What are we looking at there? Is this a is this someone that like would start for Baylor or would be be more like a rotational type player for Baylor? Um, I think he'd probably wind up being something more of a rotational player. So I first started hearing that he was going to go into the portal last night, and um, yeah, sure enough, that happened today. And I just here's the thing. Baylor this year and Oklahoma State this year played wildly different styles of basketball. And so it's really hard for me to gauge where um, Avery Anderson might fit into a Baylor rotation because who's in the Baylor rotation, number one? And number two, what does a Baylor look like, you know, post-Keontae George? What does Baylor look like on the hardwood come November 2023 and I don't think I know enough about that yet but yeah Avery Anderson to me is a more is more defensive of a guard um I don't you hit the nail on the head pretty squarely there uh with not known for shot making and very well known for uh its defense at one point this year Oklahoma State rated as the best defense in the Big 12 and at one point this year uh they weren't making buckets to go along with that, and it was costing them some games and winning them some others. Give them some credit there. They beat teams like Iowa State and TCU. That said, um, you know, if I'm if I'm Mike Boynton, I'm calling every NIL collective member at Oklahoma State, seeing what kind of money I can get, and I'm going and making a push at LJ Cryer because I need someone who can put a uh, put some buckets together, and. Uh, maybe maybe it works. Maybe they can get uh, a guy who's very well known for shot making and and is exploring all of his options. And you know maybe he wants to go back to Waco if he doesn't like what he hears from NBA scouts. Uh, maybe he thinks that that Waco chapter is closed and that it's time to go somewhere else. And so it's I, I, there's a lot of things. I it's hard for me to know what Avery Anderson at Baylor looks like though because what does Baylor look like next season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did not think they were. I didn't know how much they were going to have to go to the portal, and now I think they're going to have to, to get busy in the portal. Let me just say, I'd like to. I wouldn't mind them going a little old school after watching UConn, and watching the difference, having those big shot blockers, and of course, 
Sonogo uh, is he's a different per. I mean, he's actually got some offensive game and some skills and and can act. I mean, he's going to be. I don't know where he'll go in the NBA draft, first or second round. But he's an NBA player. I don't know yet about Donovan Kling, and he probably is just because of his his unbelievable size. But that that's old school stuff right there. Those guys, San Diego State couldn't do anything because they were so scared about those big men waiting at the rim. What do we see from Baylor this year? Straight line drives to the rim, and as much as I love Flo and, and, and everybody else, and Ojan I think is going to be a really nice player, and I think late in the season we saw some really good things from him from a shot-blocking standpoint. But, man, I got, I got jealous watching those UConn big men. And, by the way, San Diego State had some good big guys, too. Uh, a, a, a drew or drop and and one other guy uh who's the other I mean, they had some really good big dudes but i i i think baylor could use they don't have to be scores but people have to fear going to the rim yeah yeah no you're you're spot on the post the post offense has to be more prevalent you i mean look at look at what their post offense was when they were when they won the national championship right Yes, Mark Vidal was an undersized post, but he was scoring almost at will on the block, and they don't have that right now. Uh, Flo, Flo is not that kind of post player. He's a he's a pretty decent defender and a and a pretty decent rebounder, but the offensive side of his game is not that, and that's not a bad thing to so to say, but it's not something that lends itself to maybe winning a national championship. Um, but they've got to figure out the posting. I love Josh Ojanwuna. I think he is a remarkable basketball player uh, and is only going to continue to get better. And if you get him alongside a healthy Jonathan Chamwachachua, and we started seeing JTT look a little, a lot more like his old self with every game he played when he came back from injury against Texas Tech, um, if he gets back to 100%, Chachua does. With him and Ojan Wuna kind of being a one-two on the block and the ability to maybe go to a, a three-out-two-in type of offense, like UConn runs for 40 minutes a game, it might. It, I think it might bode well for Baylor. You've got to go get guards out of the portal to do that, and you've mm-hmm. got to develop your five-star guys when they get here. Um, and so, you know, it, it summer. This summer is going to be huge, as it always is, um, for for the Baylor basketball program. Yeah. Well, they got the one five-star coming in uh, for sure, Jacoby Walter out of McKinney, Texas. And, boy, that'll be fun. And then Merrill Little, we'll see for the finish uh, player. Uh, we'll see where uh, where he's able to do. Uh, that guy I was trying to think of, Arop and then uh, Mensa for San Diego State. Yep. I love these big dudes. Man, 6'10", rope uh, I thought was actually taller than he's listed. He's listed here at, uh, goodness gracious, 6'7". I thought he was way taller than that. But, uh, Curtis, good stuff. Always uh, appreciative of you. And uh, I, I, I wish this billboard has gotten so much attention. I would like to see Channel 6 put you on a billboard, okay? I would like to see more advertising for Channel 6, the sports director, and not so much about cupcakes and these various things uh, on the Waco because nobody believes in a billboard like Central Texas. It's still one of the great billboard places in the country, uh, up and down 35. So, Curtis, just uh, tell your news director, who apparently you have such a close relationship with, Mosley said you need a billboard. (laughs) 
We've we've got some new marketing things in the works. I'll let them know. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, my friend. You bet. Curtis Quillen, Channel 6 Sports Director.